Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Rander encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. Turn with us to the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Matthew, chapter 6, chapter 25 through 34 is our text. This is part 6, part 6 in the series entitled, What Are You Worried About? Part 6, the scripture says in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry about what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And once again, part six of the message series entitled, What Are You Worried About? We have all succumbed to worry at some point in our lives. Perhaps even now, as you look at your present circumstances, you're unsettled, perhaps you're nervous, or even under pressure. Or is it that you're uncertain and your heart is filled with worry? As we look around, we can see clearly that America is in trouble because she has turned her back on God, which has resulted in a loss of divine protection. And we are experiencing perpetual calamities as a result of her turning her back on God. And we are now experiencing confusion at every level of society, causing people to worry simply because we live in a country that that is so open to all kinds of gods, not believing that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. If it feels good, do it, and doing what is right in their own eyes, which has resulted in America's decline spiritually, financially, and every otherwise. What is worry? What is worry? The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to choke or to strangle. Worry chokes us mentally, and not only does it choke us mentally, it also chokes us physically. It wipes us out to the point that we are no earthly good and we are no kingdom good. Worry is to have a troubled heart, a heaviness of heart. To be worried is to be anxious in thoughts. 
Worry is an uneasy state of mind. To be worried is to be in mental distress, distracted, or to have a divided mind that pulls us in many directions in life. People are worried, children are worried, young adults are worried, even seniors are worried about their condition and their circumstances and their physical condition. How do you overcome worry? But that's the issue. We've defined it. We know that people are worried in America. You know, you have, you've had sequesters, you had uh, furloughs, you've had all kinds of things happening, the economy, this and that. We've had famines and floods and fires and uh, sinkholes and you just name it. Every time you turn on the television, it's a, it's a new thing. So, uh, how do you overcome worry? Number one, take God at his word. Keep your eyes on the Lord and do not focus on your circumstances, problems, or the words of men. Take God at his word. Keep your eyes on the Lord and refuse to focus on your circumstances, problems, the words, or the words of men. Trust the words of Christ and do not worry. If you look at the Bible, look closely in Matthew 6, 24a, it says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. That's whatever's going on in your life. The challenges in your life, the things you don't understand in your life, the past, the present, the future, whatever it is, God says, I've got you. I've got your back. I have you in the palm of my hand. Trust me. Trust me. Now, there's a saying, you're in good hands with Allstate. No, don't, don't you believe that. You fail to pay that premium and find out what kind of, <laughs> you see how good those hands are. But I tell you, I know a God, if you, you cast your cares upon him, you rest in him, anchor your life in him, you are in good hands when you are in the hands of the Lord. Won't you say Amen. You see, you will decrease your worry when you understand that as a child of God, he is orchestrating every detail of your life and is in complete control over your life from the time you were conceived in your mother's womb all the way to death and even in heaven. And even if you miss heaven and go to hell, God's in control there too. He will not allow anything to come into your life without his divine permission. Nothing intrudes into your life unless God uh, permits it. Therefore, whatever we're going through should not cause us to worry. The scripture says in Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Not that everything that happened to you is good, but in the long run, at the end of the day, God is in control and he can take something that is seemingly not good and work it together for your good and his glory. Believe me, you don't have to understand everything that's happening to you. You don't have as a whole lot of things that happen we won't have answers to. But if you trust God, even when you don't have answers, you're going to be far better off than trying to figure this thing out when you really can't figure it out. God has your back. God has has your life in his hand. He knows just what he's doing, and he knows just where you are, and he knows how to help you in the midst of your circumstances. Number two, how do we overcome worry? 
Be patient and don't allow worry to cause you to react out of fear or to be led by your emotions. Sometimes things happen, calamities of life, trials, something happened to your home or your marriage or sickness or disease or your extended family, your children, it just goes your finances and on and on. You begin to react out of fear and you get, you're led by the, your emotions and you cannot trust your emotions. But you can trust the authoritative word of the living God. Refuse to be led by your emotion. Refuse to move ahead of God's timing for your life. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11a, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Not before time, uh, not, not behind time, but in time, God makes everything beautiful. If you only learn to wait on the Lord. I've never heard anyone in my years of pastoring and preaching said, I reg- you know, I waited on the Lord and I regret it. He let me down. I've never heard anybody say, I, I waited on God and he let me down. No, but I've had many come into my office and come across my path. They said, if I only had waited on the Lord, I would not have shipwrecked my life. I would not have listened to that boy in school. I would not have quit my job so soon. I have not made this purchase and on and on it goes. But you know, why can't you listen to God? Why can't you wait? Why can't you wait? Because we're in a hurried syndrome. Because we think we know what we're doing. We think we got it together. Pride causes you not to be able to wait on God. Save yourself a whole lot of trouble by waiting on God in relationships, waiting on God and and who you're going to marry, waiting on God with the purchase of a car, a purchase of a home, medicines or what the doctor is saying. You had better wait on the Lord. There's no such thing as a storm free life. Storms come in many forms. They come in the form of unemployment. Storms come in sickness, divorce, loneliness, depression. People have storms through betrayal and setbacks, a late night phone call with tragic news, living with someone with an addiction in an adulterous relationship, having a close relative uh, who is incarcerated. Storms come in family feuds, siblings are fighting, Children are fighting, husbands and wives are fighting, mother-in-laws and father-in-laws become outlaws and everybody's mad at everybody that they don't can't even sit down and eat turkey dinner on Thanksgiving Day. Family feuding over wills and estates and all these kinds of things. Storms, storms, suddenly becoming a primary caregiver for aging parents. Storms, my wife died, uh, my parents died, uh, uh, I had a child to die, a brother, a sister, a sibling to die. A uh, living in an abusive relationship is a kind of a storm. My friend, you will make it through the night if you stand on the promises of God. God didn't say it would be easy, but he did say, I will be with you, how long? Always, even until the end of the world, God will neither leave you nor forsake you, my friends. Be it known to you today that when you take refuge in Christ, say Christ. Christ. When you take refuge in Christ before the storm, say before the storm. storm. Say it again, before the storm. storm. 
Thank you. When you take refuge in Christ before the storm, then you'll have safety in Christ in the middle of the storm. You see, in the middle of the storm is no time to be caught up in confusion. How, oh, I'm, what am I going to do? And the winds are blowing and you haven't taken cover. You haven't taken cover for yourself nor your family. If you're going to take cover, take cover when the sun is shining. Let Jesus be your refuge when you got money in the bank, when your marriage is doing pretty good, when you can put gas in the car, or when you can meet the house. No, that's the time to really uh, 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 take cover because the sun does not always shine. After the sun comes the rain and those cloudy days and the wind will blow into your life. Uh, you know what? Storms don't give you an announcement. They they know your dress. They know where to find you. And all of a sudden you say, how did I get here? But it matters not when, where, or how. If you have taken refuge in Christ, you can make it through the night. I love what Psalms chapter 9 verse 9 says. It says, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. <laughs> a refuge in times of trouble. A refuge a safe place, a place of security, a place where I can rest in Christ even though the winds are blowing in my life from every direction. Psalms 46 verses 1 through 2a. Psalms 46 1 through 2a says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's not just a help. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. God is with you. If you're trusting him and looking to him and living in such a way that he can protect you. Now, how many of y'all want God's protection? How many want, how, how many want to see God continue to give you a breakthrough and take care of you through those accidents and sickness and and, and all these things that can happen that didn't happen to you. Well, let me tell you something, my friends. Live in such a way that you have God's divine protection. God's divine covering. That's right. Because when that covering is gone, you open up for all kinds of satanic attacks. And Satan has an army that's ready to, to wipe us all out. But you know what? Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world when we are in Christ. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. So live in such a way that the Lord can protect you and desires to protect you because you love him and you're serving him and you're living for him. My friend, take comfort in knowing that even at our lowest point in life, how many of you have some low points in life? Some low point. I mean, you bottom. I mean, man, this is you, you said to yourself. Now, this is as low as it can get. Take comfort in knowing that even at your lowest point in life, God is your refuge and his everlasting arms are underneath you. No matter how deep the valley, God's presence is deeper still. And he loves you even when your life hits rock bottom. You can't get so low that you get beyond the grace of God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 33, 27a, the eternal God, the everlasting God, whose present, past, 
present and future, is God your refuge? And underneath are his are the everlasting arms of God. In other words, when you get so low, even at the lowest point, God knows how to go underneath your life and rock you in the cradle of his arms. Man, you know, you know how you rock a baby to sleep? That baby's not worried. He's just trusting you as long as he got that bottle or got some breast to suck on. I mean, the comfort and the warmth of that mother's bosom, he'll just let her rock and he just gets so comfortable till he can just go on to sleep. And then you can put him in the baby bed. And sometimes he wakes up then because mama's not rocking him. And let me tell you something. God knows how to rock you. <laughs> he knows how to comfort you. He knows how to lighten your load at the bottom. When you bottom out, he says, I'll go under you. And I'll rock you up to the next level. I'll rock you. I'll rock you until you stand on your feet and say, Lord, I'm all right now. The God that took care of me at the bottom is God enough to take care of me at the top. Why don't you say amen? So what happens when we trust God and and don't worry? What happens when we trust God and not worry? Number one, we are more effective and fruitful in service to Christ. We are more effective and fruitful in service to Christ. Uh, John 15, 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Nothing. Beloved, once we are saved, God is calling us to bear fruits. He don't want you to, to just be religious. Religious. Beloved, Jesus doesn't want your religion. He desires you to have a authentic relationship with him. External religious activities, such as serving on committees, being a volunteer, uh, working in the media ministry, music ministry, having good church attendance, uh, ushering, ner- being in the nursery, being a good greeter in the ensemble choir, it that does not produce salvation. Salvation is not work-based. Listen, you come to Christ on his terms, trusting him by grace, through faith, believing God, believing him, hoping in him, anchoring in him, and God will save you. Once you are saved, then you do good works out of a relationship of being saved. So a lot of people think you work to be saved. You sing in the choir, must be all right. Uh, I, I give my tithes, I must be all right. No, you're not all right. You can do all those things and bust hell wide open. You don't do those things to get to God. It's what God has already done for you through your faith because of his grace. And all I'm saying to you today, it is not your religious activities. What's killing the church today is a spirit of religion. Spirit of religion. You're just being religious, but you're living like the devil. Being religious, but you're still cussing and watching pornography. Being religious with a Bible in your hand and a, a, looking not a nice dress, a nice suit, nice sweet smelling cologne, and, and, and you don't know him. You, God wants you to have a relationship with him 
Only a relationship with him will produce salvation and spiritual maturity. An authentic relationship with him as you serve him to the maximum of your potential will eliminate worry. Only when we apply the word of God in our lives, mature in Christ and have intimacy with him, will we bear fruit to the glory of Christ, which will cause our worry to dissipate. What happens when we trust God and not worry? Secondly, we receive God's peace. When you trust God and not worry, you receive God's peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Isaiah 26, 3. And then John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. It says, in me, in me. Who is me? Christ. There's no peace in alcohol. That's right. You can get drunk, but once you sober up, those problems are still there. You know, no peace in television and movies and late night shows and talk shows and reality shows and all of this stuff. There's no peace in money. You can have all kind of money and not have peace. I mean, you can't have peace. Money does not bring peace. Good health does not bring peace. Now, we all want good health, but you can be healthy and not have peace. The scripture says, these things I have spoken to you that in Christ me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In other words, you're not going to get by. Your time is coming. You say, well, I had tribulation. God is through with my tribulation. No, another one's on the way. And this message is just preparing you for what's to come. You said, oh, no. You need not fear. Need not panic. Doesn't matter what you go through. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied. God will take care of you. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if you are in me and you're living for me and you're allowing me to maximize myself through you, I will help you in the time of trouble. Wow, I will help you. You see, my friends, you cannot experience God's peace until you first surrender to him and allow him to be Lord of your life. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Don't expect God's peace doing things your way. You know, coming to church once a month, dropping some chump change in the basket and think, well, I'm all right. You fooling yourself. You fooling yourself. You have to surrender everything. Your mind, your life, your will, everything. Living a selfless, sacrificial life to the glory of God. It is not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. You see, my friends, hearing and obeying the word of God will dissolve worry, remove fear, and calm a troubled heart. Hearing and obeying the word of God will dissolve worry, remove fear, and calm a troubled heart. The Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 27 says, the Gospel of John 14 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. The world will give you happy hours. 
I'm not still the happy hour. I don't want to be happy for an hour. I want internal joy that goes on and on and on because of my relationship with him. Happy hour? Run from that. Run from that. Happy what? Hour? I want eternal, lasting joy that the world can't give. And because the world can't give it, they cannot take it away. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. So uh, what happens when we trust God and not worry? Thirdly, we live in freedom. When you have God's peace, you live in freedom. Uh, Galatians chapter five, verse one. Galatians chapter five, verse one says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, the freedom by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. My friends, a renewed hope and confidence in the Lord breaks the bondage of worry over your life and ushers freedom into your life. A renewed hope and confidence in Christ breaks the bondage of worry and ushers in freedom. Worry will tie you up in knots, bog you down. It it, it will weigh you down. And uh, life is too short for you to be an habitual worrier. You, it is possible for you to worry yourself to death. And why are you putting those self-inflicted wounds upon yourself? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.